Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jason. Thank you. Great to have you here. I've been looking forward to this conversation about the podcast is called Misunderstandings of the Mind and through talking about various misunderstandings, we usually end up seeing that there's only really one misunderstanding you know, of, how we, of how our experience of life is created. And um, I'm looking forward to this conversation about freedom. You know, um, So I guess with your work, you know, like you, you have a lot of, you see people that are, work with people that are physically not free but at some yeah. point on their journey with you have an experience of realizing that freedom is within would that be right yeah absolutely and um and and i can i can relate to um i i would have thought that people in prison um which is who i work with would be people you know who the whole idea of taking away the liberty is is the punishment right so taking away your freedom um and what i've come to see for myself as well as for the people that i've worked with over the last four years is that freedom is completely a, a state of mind um i was in the prison of my own mind psychologically for a very long time um and i feel free from that and i hear the guys talking about and, and the girls um, how they were physically and psychologically um, not free, you know, incarcerated or in prison. And then once they felt freedom in their own minds, actually their environment didn't, didn't matter. Yeah, that's such a... I, I, I've been in prisons and spoke to people and like when, when you hear that coming from people, it's quite... Um, it's such a powerful thing to witness, isn't it? You know, like to see someone with, without the inability to leave, you know, their physical surroundings, but actually having the experience of and realization that freedom, you know, comes from from your mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was talking to someone the other day about how <laughs> how I'd um, I'd read that freedom you think you're free from one thing, but then you're, you're just in a bigger, um, you're just in a bigger prison yard. <laughs> and, um, and it was someone who was, he'd been in prison and you know, he reflected on that. And he said, you know what, that's true because there'd be people in prison who'd say, um, no, I'm not coming out of my pad, you know, out of my cell. Um, and he'd say, well, why not? And he'd say, well, you know, you come out and enjoy some freedom and you'd be like, well, you know, I'm still in prison, aren't I? <laughs> um, and then, and I thought about how 
it's incredible. You can think that you can absolutely be just trapped, trapped somewhere. And you can also be feeling like you're totally trapped and you're on a, you know, a, a paradise. <laughs> I met, I met someone who had, um, he had a, a beautiful place on Salt Spring Island in British Columbia. Um, absolutely stunning, you know, the, just paradise. Um, the view of the bay in front, the trees of the forest behind, um, built on stilts with an Airbnb downstairs, you know, floor to ceiling windows. There was just absolutely nothing wrong that you could ever just think, wow, if I lived there, I'd be the happiest ever. And he was the most unhappiest man I've ever met. Um, and, and I said, oh, he, his unhappiness came off him in waves. You know, you could feel it. It was tangible, his, his, his misery. And I said, um, beautiful property you've got here. Wow, it's, you know, stunning. And he said, oh, you wouldn't say that if you had to maintain it. You know, we always have a problem with the drainage and we always have um, an issue with this and an issue with that. And he listed this whole load of issues. Well, he was in prison. He, he felt trapped. Um, even though he lived in paradise. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's I lived in that prison for so long. You just I was just reflecting on it when you were speaking, you know, that it was like, it didn't matter where I went. It didn't matter who I was with or what I had or what I didn't have, you know. It was like that I was in that prison of my own mind. That it, it, None of those things, even though I tried to fill that, change that exp that internal experience with external things you know it's like it never ever reflected it never worked that way you know and it took me a long time of searching of trying to get more get more external things get more relationships get more cars take more holidays get more money increase the bank balance lose weight get, you know all those things and, and it was like you know, only when I found this understanding was did I find some freedom, you know, regardless of the circumstances, you know. It, yeah, I, I achieved some amount of external success, I guess you could call it, but, like, it was painful, you know. Yeah, for sure. And that, um, that freedom to now means, um, you know, it's like when you, it can be simple things, can't it? Um, you know, the relief of not having to think about how you look all the time. You know, the, re the freedom that gives you, the relief of that, the relief when that goes. Um, I I'm work, you know, I work with, with, with people um, with depression and anxiety and, um, uh, and, and what they call low self-esteem and you know, I've been thinking about this a lot and uh, how much more space you have in your mind when you're not thinking about yourself all the time, uh, how you look, how you're not good enough, how whatever. And then you're always trying to get things like you alluded to there to make that go away, to fix that in some way. And the, the freedom of realising um actually once that goes on its own and its own nature when you understand more about how the mind works um you're just already free and you might have nothing uh you know i went from having a very high powered job and 
you know, three, two houses and a flat and the cars and, you know, champagne lifestyle, everything, having all these material things, having all these things that I built up, qualifications, that was another thing, get another qualification, you know, that piece of paper tells you that you're good enough for a short while. And then never quite getting there, never quite feeling good enough, never quite feeling free, never quite feeling uh, I had enough. Uh, there was always more to get, more to have, more to want and more to beat myself up about. And then when I went through a period where I had nothing, I was the freest I've ever felt. You know, I, and I, I thought at the time it was down to well, I've got no responsibilities now. I've got, I don't have to find the mortgage. I don't have to get up and, you know, be concerned about all those things. But what actually happened is because I'd freed myself, I freed my mind and, and now I can feel free whether I'm rich or poor. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was just thinking when you were talking, like for anyone that's listening, you know, it seems crazy to, to try to achieve things to attain freedom. You know, it's like almost like that, you know, most people are in the pursuit of freedom, you know, and the happiness. That's what they want. It's, that's what it boils down to. If, if, you, if you throw in a why, you know, to the response to everything, why do you want this? Why do you want that? Why do you want that? You know, and keep going with that question. It always probably ends up in the same place, you know, freedom and ha- more freedom, more happiness, a little bit happier, a little yeah. bit more free. And it almost just doesn't even compute the fact that you would want to achieve more to, to, to experience freedom, which is available to all of us at all times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I found it, um, even in the simple things, Jason, um, when, you know, the guys talk about this as well, when I, um, for instance, think that I've got to make a decision, you can get, or I can get so wrapped up, so trapped in all the shoulds and all the people pleasing and all the um, what's the right thing. (laughs) And so wrapped up to almost feel um, incapacitated and unable i mean i guess that's what people call procrastination you know unable to move un, and and trapped further and further into a corner worrying and worrying about what i should do and 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 why 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 but actually i don't even think there's any decisions anymore i i, I just think you're either doing it or you're not and everything in between is just a, <laughs> a waste of brain power. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're either doing it or you're not. What's the point of thinking about it? Um, and I, I, I remember there was, um, well, a lot of times where I've thought, oh, shall I, shall I do this thing? Is it the right thing to do? What about this? What about that? What about if I don't like it? Um, I, I was... I would agonize over it, think about it, feel sick, be be obliged to give an answer, not be able to give the answer, um, just trapping myself further and further into a corner. And then in this particular instance, I just went, well, I'm just going to do it. And if I don't like it, 
I'll stop. <laughs> and when I had that thought, I was like, it's so simple. And I, I was suddenly free from this burden of working out what the best look of the future should be, what the best avenue would be, what, you know, working all that out when I had no idea. It was just like, well, I'll do it and I'll find out. Equally, it could have been, well, I won't do it, you know, and I'll find out, you know, but it's not that I did it. It was just that, just do it or don't do it. <laughs> yeah. You, one of my biggest insights was, was uh, around a similar thing. And, and I, I volunteered for some coaching with Michael and, um, and I was agonizing in the same way, like you were talking about, about my IT career versus coaching. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I should spend more time on my coaching and less time on my IT career. And then Michael asked me, he said, can you predict the future? And I was like, I just didn't know what he was alluding to, you know, but I was like, well, no, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, well, why are you trying? You know, cause it was like, I was like in this, you know, like in my thoughts, just trying to create, create what it would look like if I went one way and what it would look like if I went the other way, you know? And, and he said to me, do me a favor, you know, just don't think about this for a while, you know, just, just let the thoughts come and go. And I hadn't really, the dominoes hadn't really fell at that point for me, you know, but like, I just stopped, I just stopped in that battle because I realized that I was living in, you know, what you would probably call a prison of the mind, you know, every day, you know, hating on my job and trying to do something different in order to feel better. But then when I let go of it, like a few days later, I just woke up about 6 a.m. so inspired with enthusiasm about doing something completely different. And, and you know, and, and that's where, you know, where I'm at now started off. I had that conversation with one of the directors and then he mentioned about, you know, writing this program to work with addictions. And it all just came out of that, you know, and that was that was yeah. where I really saw something about you know, how much I spent in the prison of my, how much time I spent in the prison of my own mind, just actually walking through life like a zombie, you know, not even present, not seeing the beauty of the world, not seeing people for who they were, just being completely locked into a video that was playing in my mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I so resonate with that. And it reminded me of... Um, I was working with some people and there was some uh, discord and um, uh, between the other two people and, and, you know, like no one, no one knew what to do. And the insight that came to me or the, the thought that came to me was um, everything is on the table. So in this moment, you can do anything, you know, how, like you might think, say if I'm, I'm running a retreat and I might think, well, it's not really working very well. You know, I can't, I can't send everyone home. They've paid their money. Um, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do about that. And it came to me in the moment, everything is on the table. So yeah, I could, I could, I could send them all home. I could say this is not working. I could give people their money back. I could, I could walk away from this. I could do whatever I wanted to do. Everything is on the table. And the freedom of not having anything, any constraints around what to do, uh, just enabled a space where just a very simple, straightforward, 
uh, idea came forward of, of, of to have a conversation with someone. <laughs> I mean, that was it. You know, nothing dramatic, nothing. But but because I was willing to go there and just take those constraints off, um, it allowed that space for something simple and clear, and um, yeah, it took my mind off it. And something simple and clear that just worked, that was just like, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, without having to think of all, like you said, predict the future, trying to think of all the angles, how people were going to react, what does it say about me as a person, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I'm really, really grateful for that insight because um, sometimes when I get stuck, I go back to that and say, okay, well, anything's everything's on the table you can do you can do anything what would that look like if you just had that choice yeah it's it's like the difference between li being mentored by mind or, or living in your own little small personal thought created world where everything seems really difficult right beautiful yeah absolutely yeah, and there and there's the freedom, right? Right there. The bars of your own personal mind um just fall away when you when you do when you do look towards being mental by mind or 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 look into what you don't know. Like that's a lot of the a lot of the guys talk about is that they, they thought they know, they thought they knew. Um I remember one guy saying to me, I have to react in this way because, um, you know, I have to say face in front of my friends. I have to, I'm known as this person. I have, you know, I have to do these things. Um, but I do have this thought sometimes not to, uh, but I don't know how to catch the thought. And, um, and we talked a little bit more and then he realized it doesn't have to catch the thought. The fact that he's having the thought is something nudging him saying there's something else other than what you think, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't come from that place of in the personal mind, thinking it through, trying to plan it. What does everybody think of me? It comes from that place of not knowing. Yeah, that's, I love the word curiosity. You know, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and it's like, when you're curious, you know, it's kind of, it just, everything's possible, anything's possible. You know, it's like when you're just curious about people, about things, about, you know, like you were saying about knowing versus not knowing, you know, not knowing, being curious. You know, I find myself in such a more open state to connect with people to have better experience of life you know when, when i know something that's always my own personal mind you know like shutting me off to possibility yeah yeah it's a good one i um sometimes i mean this might surprise surprise you to know this but sometimes um i get caught you know in my own in my own thinking, in my own sort of personal mind um, and trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, you know, like, well, what shall I say? I'll say this to them. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. 
and not all the time but sometimes I'll catch myself and then I'll know I know there's something else and as soon as I've had that thought I know there's something else or or I know there's another reality to this not different from the one I'm seeing right now I don't necessarily see anything straight away but I'm more willing then that when some you know like when that conversation comes back into my head I'm like no been there it's not that and more willing to dismiss the sort of the gnarly personal mind of from from that from that thinking place of what's just keeps rehashing itself over and over again and I'm more willing to just sort of wait it out and 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 be be patient and be um don't take it seriously and eventually it sort of runs out of steam <laughs> it sort of just goes it gives up you know and something fresh comes and something new comes and you know the feeling then or something oh that's different and uh, I'll give you an example I remember um me and my husband Rob had a had an issue about something that it, that that I felt that he'd done wrong that needed to be addressed and um it was a fairly big issue and you know I'd had a few days of hurt and thinking and and all the rest of it and I was more settled and I was um I was washing up at the sink and then I I thought oh I know and it felt like it was something different I was like yeah I know and then I had this conversation in my head me saying what I thought I should say and him saying what I thought he would say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't, know, don't know if you ever have that but and um and I, and I caught it and I went you sneaky little bleep bleep because I realized then oh it's just thought catching me again it's trying to like it's almost like sneakily going oh yeah this is fresh but how I knew is because people sometimes say to me well how do you know the difference and how I know is there's no drama with fresh thought there's no conversation in my head uh, predicting the future or predicting what they're going to say. It's just, oh, and, and almost, almost boring, almost like just commonplace um, because nothing else, there's no add on to it. It's just like, oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I love that you explained that because I was going to say to you, you know, how, for people listening, how how would people know the difference you know and and you just explained it so well and i was i was thinking you know like tying some of the things together that we've talked about you know is that like a lot of the stuff that like like that you said and that i explained about my own experience um it's completely irrelevant you know the stuff that i feel caught up in the stuff that feels important the stuff that i think i have to work out or find an answer to or solve or resolve or do something about there's usually nothing i can do about it there's usually nothing can be done and the, you know it's just creating noise and mess and di- and disconnecting me from the world and people and and putting me in that prison that we talked about you know there's no there's no freedom there but the difference when when I'm willing to trust that there's nowhere to be, there's nothing to do, you know, that like I just have to trust and show up and see what comes. You know, it's kind of like when I'm willing to be in that space of 
not having all the answers and not knowing and not needing to resolve and fix and, and do all those things. Like you said, something comes that seems so simple. That's like, Oh, it can't be that easy. You know, it can't be that. It's like, it just comes out and it always comes, you know, it's like, and the more for me, the more that I trust that, you know, the more that I seem to have access or it, the more it seems to come for me. And I, I don't feel that need to, you know, get caught up in fixing and resolving and mending and planning things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I used to have a, a, an issue with the word trust, you know, because I, I used to think, well, what about if you don't trust it then, you know, do we, do you not get it? And, um, and how I view that is, is um, if you can't trust, because now I do trust, I mean, I totally trust, but if you, if you can't trust, then it's, is it, are you willing, are you willing to consider that there might be, you know, a different space, a different answer, a different reality? And that's equal to your curiosity, isn't it? Now, if you're willing to consider it, if you're not willing to consider it, then you, you are where you are and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Until, until you're willing to, you know, until either you get knocked over the head with, um, a wet fish or or you're willing or you know or you do become willing but if just just enough it's just enough to be willing to consider that you don't know or that there could be another answer it's like a, a magic pill um that willingness leads you to a more open mind which leads you to be more free which leads you to have fresh thought or hear hear a fresh insight yeah the, we, we were talking about the steps before and there's, there's exactly that in the steps you know is one of the things are, are you if you don't believe are you just willing to believe that there's something greater than you you know it's kind of like whatever form or concept that takes is irrelevant, but just, just the fact that you're willing to go from being completely closed to know this is exactly how it is. And I'm not willing to open my mind any further to, okay, you know, maybe there's something, you know, just to open yourself up to possibility a little, even if it's just a little bit, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Cause it's a, it's a lot for people to take, you know, we all say to the, the guys in prison, for instance, that, no human psyche can be damaged. And, and I can remember when I thought I was absolutely damaged, you know, no, no hope of redemption. Um, that, that would have been crazy if I heard somebody say that. I, I would be absolutely, no, you know, like you just, that may be true for everyone else, but that certainly ain't true for me. You know, that would be what I was saying. Um, and sometimes that can be a bit much, but that just little tiny step of being willing to consider something, um, even if you can't think that there's something greater than you, can you really think that nature doesn't have intelligence? You know, are you, re are you really there that you can't, you can't consider that there's something, some force in nature, some life force that seems to grow things and, and do amazing things all these amazing stories about butterflies and trees and 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 penguins that find each other and all of these amazing things um even that you know to look at nature is 
it frees your mind because you go, well, there is something that I don't really understand. Uh, if you think you know everything, then then that's when you really are in the prison of your own mind. Innocently. Yeah. It's it, it's. I've talked about this before with um, with a few people, but it's and it's because you know that knowing the the thing the things that you think you know is it, it supports the very ground that you walk on. You know when you're in prison, because you know I know from my own time, you know in jail and in, in the prisons of addiction, you know that that I that I lived in. It's like someone trying to suggest something other than what you know is like you know. It's really, um, like you said, it's like you just think that you look at them sideways, you know, and just think, what on earth are you talking about? It's like, because you really don't want the ground that you walk on to be to be upset, you know, because it, it props up your very existence. It supports everything you know and what you, how you operate in life, you know, and, and how you yeah. keep yourself safe as well, you know? Totally. Totally. It's a really good point. And... Um, so what I say to people on that is then what you can do is, you know, in group, we say, well, you can leave, the, leave it at the door and you can pick it up when you leave. So you've still got it. We're not going to take it away from you, but just suspend it just for now. And people can do that for themselves. They can say, well, you know, for the next hour, I'm just going to leave it in the door, you know, leave it in the doorway or leave it in the basket. Um, and just see what I can see. And, and, and then you always know you can go back to it. You know, I, I tried it myself and, and I always knew I can go back to my jealousy and my insecurity <laughs> anytime I want. <laughs> it was so close. It was so close. I knew I could, you know, I never ever thought it would be anywhere else. Um, but I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to be free. I wanted to experience a bit of freedom, even though I thought that kept me safe. That kept me um, safe. That was what I knew. Um, anything else seemed a bit dull and a bit like, well, what for? But I was just willing to, to give it up just for a minute and see what happens when you give it up for a minute and go back to it if I want it. Now, good grief, I'd never want to go back to that. I mean, I feel insecure sometimes, I feel jealous sometimes, but I wouldn't want to live in that, in that, in that soup, that painful, painful, painful place. Um, but it's what I knew for a little while, you know, it's what, like you said, the ground I walked on. Yeah, I love that. And, and I guess for anyone listening, you know, it's kind of like, that's a real great place to start, you know, just that little bit of willingness just to see that there might be something different. Because like, when you were talking, I thought yeah, that's where the dominoes start to fall. You know, it's like, a, it's like a way into that thought created reality that, that most of humanity lives in and, and a lot of suffer with, you know, in the psychology of mind. But like once you have that small glimpse of how we create that suffering, you know, like then the dominoes start to fall in for me, they did anyway, like in so many areas of life, once I started to see, well, Oh, actually I, I was wrong about that. There is something different. You know, I, I do feel a bit different. It doesn't have to be that way, you know, and, and then, you know, not, not clearly 
visible dominoes falling, but just having a different experience of life on a daily basis. You know, I was starting to think, well, I say I'm starting to feel better about things. Things are changing, you know. It, it wasn't always so clear, but just having that little glimpse of that, you know, is really where things started to change for me. Yeah, same. I wasn't even really aware. I didn't even think I liked it. You know, I thought thought it was all a load of nonsense. Um, but, but, you know, things looked a bit clearer. Things cleared up. Things didn't look so scary. Um, I didn't really know where any of that was coming from. I, you know, couldn't, I couldn't relate the two experiences. Um, uh, but the fact that my life looked a bit easier and looked a bit clearer and some things looked a bit easier made me curious to go, what else could be? <laughs> what else could be easier then? Really? It can't be that simple. But I remember when, because um, I, I, I um, dabbled with NLP before um, this understanding, before I met this understanding. And um, I remember... Um, I was at an event and they were trying to, uh, I don't really know what they were trying to do, but they, they took, I thought I was a bad speller and they were trying to talk about limiting beliefs. And as I said, I didn't know anything about this understanding at the time. So to me, what I realized was, well, it's not a limiting belief. It's a fact right? It's a fact. So when you've got a limiting belief, it doesn't look like a limiting belief. It looks like a fact. Mm. It's a fact that I'm a bad speller. And um, so they were trying to show that, you know, no, it's a limiting belief. And I was like determined that it's definitely a fact. And they got all these people up on the stage, uh, three different people, a good speller, a bad speller, and a medium speller, let's say. And they were asking them to spell things. And they they were figuring out how did the people who were good do it and this woman was was supposed to be good and I was better than her (laughs) so she was spelling things I was thinking that's not right (laughs) but she was convinced she was good um anyway so that sort of that made me think and then they got me up and and they were getting me to do all these techniques like visualize it which I'm not a visual person um blue car and all these different things anyway none of it worked i pretended it did a bit because you know i wanted to please them um so i was allowed to go and sit back down and later that night i was in my room and i had a realization which i i didn't know at the time that's what it was but i had a realization because i had this thought actually when i elucidate i can spell it's, it's when I just blur the words that I struggle. And actually, I think I just rely on word check too much. So um, because I always use a, you know, like word or whatever, I just use the spell check. I don't even bother to try and spell. And I thought, I wonder if I tried, I would be better than I am. And, and of course, that cracked the, the thought that it was a fact. Because then I realised it's not a fact. It is a belief that I have about myself that I'm a bad speller, and and it smashed it. And then I, I and then I just practised it, and I just sort of thought, oh, well, how do you spell that? And I started to notice that maybe I'm not a great speller, but I'm certainly not a bad speller. I'm a, maybe I'm an average speller. And it's only these many years later that I look back on that and I see that 
I, I had no, the, the NLP stuff had no impact on me whatsoever because I was so convinced I was trapped in my own prison of what I thought was true about me. And um, the only thing that cracked the surface was the woman who thought, who thought otherwise. I got curious about, well, how come she thinks she's good when she isn't? And then when I was on my own and reflective, a fresh thought came, which helped me and helped me see through the, through the prison and helped free me from that belief about myself. Um, so it's not even that you have to understand anything. It, it, it's not even that you have to understand because people say, oh, let me just get it. You don't have to understand how the mind works. You don't have to look in this direction. You don't have to do any of those things except for be open to seeing something new, seeing something in a different light, having a different reality about something that you thought was solid and then getting curious about that and playing with it. Yeah, it's, isn't it amazing how insights come, you know, like just from, just from, there seems to be so much focus on having an insight, having the next insight, but like just being, just being, you know, in the world and, and like having that experience where you saw that lady who thought she was good, but she wasn't made you think, oh, hold on a minute, you know, everyone's got a different perception of good, you know, it's kind of like, then what does that, what could that mean about me and, and what you get to see from that experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just being in the world. Um, and the insight is a word that's banded around, especially in, in, you know, in our field. Um, but it's just normal. It's just a nudge. It's what we have all day long. Um, oh, I'm thirsty. Well, that's an insight. <laughs> you know, that's your mind telling you your body needs hydration. Yeah, you're going to have a drink of water now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm hungry. I need to go pee. Um, I should put a jumper on. It's cold. Um, they're just normal, normal nudges that you get all the time, commonplace. But we put this sort of, um, you know, crown on them as if that as if you you know that you're going to get a lightning bolt every time and a suddenly aha moment. And it doesn't always look like that. You know, for, mostly for me now when I look back. I had mostly pedestrian, commonplace um, thoughts that just helped me along in life that I sometimes completely ignored. Now you ignore the need to go and pee. <laughs> Guess what happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same, same. <laughs> Yeah, I, as I had a drink of water, then I thought, oh, you must have given me an NLP embedded command there because I found myself <laughs> drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't all wasted then. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming to the end. You know, what I was thinking was that, like, it must be so, it must be so rewarding, you know, to to um, see the the guys that you work with and that, you know, have just to see a little bit of you know who they really are it's so rewarding um it it's it's a blessing um and I, i'm not too i'm always um i want to say a word about the victims and the families of people who have suffered because 
I'm, I'm always aware that people have done things that, that have caused suffering to other people. Mm. Um, but a great phrase that I heard this week was, hurt people, hurt people, and free people, free people. And um, the reason why I work with, with those who have done bad things to other people is because of that. I know that by freeing the minds of the people um, who have hurt others, they, they just don't anymore. And it's not, to, um, it's not to dismiss what's been done or the hurt that pe- other people have felt. Um, but we can, all, we can all be trapped in our, in our own minds. And um, it's rewarding to see people wake up and realise that they don't have to do that anymore. It's rewarding to see a 21-year-old lad um, who's been, you know, what do they call, what do they say these days? Um, a care, experienced care or something. Basically, someone who's been in care. Mm. Um, there's a PC way of saying it that I can never remember. Um, and has been in seven jails in his, in his 21 years. Um, it's rewarding to to see him go from somebody who's just walking around and looks just with his head on his chest, guilty, shameful, not knowing how, what to do with all this anger inside him, not knowing what to do with all this shame, acting out because that's keeping him trapped in this unhappy state. And then to see him blossoming, um, reflecting on his life standing up tall he's taller than me like which you couldn't see when he was walking around with his head down all the time seeing his eyes come alive again seeing him not having to use drugs to get over the pain of what he's done and the pain as what's been done to him and then seeing him start to wake up to the contribution that he can make to life um getting getting interested and curious about how he can help how he can help other people, how he can help people who have been in care themselves, how he can help the older men on the wing uh, to understand. And um, that's just a gift. And, and I know, no matter where he goes in his mind, and he's one of many, um, he'll never hurt another human being again. And that's often what the men say is that I, I might, <laughs> they sometimes say, I might do another criminal act. I can't guarantee that, but I know I'll never hurt another human being again. Because once they wake up to who they are, there just isn't in their consciousness to want to do that. Um, and we've got a guy who was so violent and and acted out so badly he really really damaged another person who's now paralyzed um is now um saving people who have jumped off the railings um helping people on the wing who are unhappy um getting cross with someone and then realizing oh it's that guy who's suffering oh well you know i i I'll go and talk to him later. Um, not responding at all to any of that 
those thoughts he had before about what he had to do and how he had to be. Um, and not through guilt and shame, but through raising of his own consciousness and recognizing his true self and the true self of other people. Yeah. Wow. And so inspirational when you hear of experiences, you know, people that are uh, through society, you know, through society's view, suitable to be only to be locked up, to be locked away. You know, that's the safest place for people um, just to hear, you know, what beautiful human beings they are when they just get a little view of, of how the mind works and how they've created this stuff and, 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 you know, what joy and contentment and happiness is available, you know, outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, you know, there's, there's a, there's a place for, for, um, for, oh, well, I don't know, but let's say there's a place, there's some people in prison that you think, yeah, they should be in prison. Mm. Um, but I would also say a lot of good people go to prison. A lot, of um people shouldn't be there at all they actually need help they don't need to be locked locked up in a prison um and even if you know i used to say well only 20 percent of people in prison should be there you know that's like 20 percent of eighty-five thousand people um and even those 20 percent if you think they should be in prison even they can have a freer mind in prison for the rest of their lives which means that they won't be hurting officers they won't be hurting staff they won't be hurting other people um you know if you don't want to think about them think about all the people who have to work with them and um if they've got more peace of mind they're making the whole environment happier yeah well i think that's a great place to end you know and um Thank you for this. It's been a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.